Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. Balance for you. Today on the show, I have Jimmy Moore, who is an internationally best-selling author of nine different books. And one of the two books that I really, that he's really known for recently is The Complete Guide to Fasting and Keto Clarity. And yeah, there you go. And he's also a, uh, has a podcast, which you probably may know him for, which is called Living La Vida Low Carb. So I first learned about Jimmy after reading this book, The Complete Guide to Fasting. I uh, read his story on his journey on fasting. I think he had initially, you initially tried 21 days of fasting, but you only went, I think, 17 days, which is well, a long time. <laughs> well, well, the first uber long fast that I did, I, I had intermittent fasted, and I think I had attempted a seven-day fast. We can talk about that here in a minute, but yeah, the first where I tried to go really long was 21 days. I only made it 17. I was pretty, <laughs> Most I was pretty, of us would be so happy to make it seven days. Like I've, yeah. I've gone, the longest I've gone is four days. So let's, let's, uh, I'll help you. Hey, look, today's episode will be all about helping Jessica get longer than four days. <laughs> hey, exciting. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I do yeah. want to, I do want to do that. Like my goal I'd like to do like a complete water fast for 14 days, which I know is very difficult. But anyway, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Yeah, there's there's lots of little tricks I have for you when you're ready. Okay, awesome. So yeah, so today on the podcast, we're going to talk about keto and low carb, and we're going to talk about fasting. So this this will be exciting. So if only anything about any of those subjects, Jessica. <laughs> so uh so tell us what got you started. I, I know you said you got started in 2004 with low carb and keto. Yeah. So what was the thing that brought you in? Like what, what yeah. inspired you to do that? Yeah, I was, I was sick. I was a ticking time bomb, 31 years old in the fall of 2003 and just miserable. And I had gone through many years of doing all the right things, which translation, low calorie, low fat, lots of whole grains, walk on the treadmill, all the things. And I think after a while, the human will goes, okay, there's something wrong with all of that advice. And because it doesn't work. And when I say work, not just for weight loss, uh, but just feeling good. I was in my early thirties and felt like an old man and something was wrong. And I just didn't know what it was. Then I got a diet book for Christmas that year of 2003, and it was Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution. And I remember reading this book and, and realizing the guy's a cardiologist and telling people to eat more of the very thing we know that causes heart disease and heart problems, uh, fat. He said, eat more of it. I was like, say what? Uh, and then to uh, eat less of the thing we know you need for energy. You can't have any energy whatsoever unless you eat carbohydrate but he's saying cut your carbs i'm like this guy is literally doing the anti-food pyramid diet if it says eat high carb you eat low carb if it says eat low fat high fat 
And literally the opposite of everything we've been told is true to, about nutrition. I started doing January 1st, 2004. And so that was my foray, my education into the community. I did end up losing 180 pounds that year, came off of three prescription medications in 2004, just changed my life. It literally was my claim to fame in life that then propelled me into what I'm doing now with books and podcasts and all the education. Um, but yeah, man, if I could go back and talk to that boy a long time before early 30s, I'd have been like teenage years. Listen to me. <laughs> Let down the little Debbie fat cakes. Let go of the Coca-Cola, which at my apex, yeah. Jessica, I was drinking 16 cans yeah. of Coca-Cola a day. Oh yeah. It was bad. And McDonald's should give me stock because I spent yeah. so much money when the Monopoly game was around. And every time I'd be like, I literally would go at every chance I could just to get the little Monopoly piece that nobody could ever get boardwalk. Uh, we were always waiting for the boardwalk Monopoly piece, but um, yeah, it just, I look back on how I used to eat and how I am now. And I'm just like, how, how did I get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. It's an addiction. Carbohydrates are an absolute yeah. addiction and you're, you're right. I mean, we're taught to eat low fat, and, yes. and when I first started in medicine, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner, um, 11 years ago, that's what I learned. I got a yes. quick lesson in diet and they, you know, low fat and, um, high carbs. And I mean, of course, re, you know, cut the calories down, but it's just so counterintuitive. And then when you, when I discovered Atkins, same thing, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So and yet he was so vilified, Dr. Atkins. I mean, posthumously, God, God rest his soul, posthumously, yeah. he deserved a Nobel Prize something. It does. Because he was so far ahead of this. He literally came up with this diet the year I was born. And that was a hell of a long time ago. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> and dude had it right. He just didn't have the science behind it but he just knew it worked. And in fact, uh, the guy that started doing the first research papers looking at Atkins was my co-author on the Keto Clarity and Cholesterol Clarity book, uh, Dr. Eric Westman. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Story, what? I know exactly who that is, yeah, Westman, yeah. yeah. You do, but I also am cognizant, not everybody listening or watching right. sure. today. So sure. my podcasting skills coming in, sorry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sorry. But, that's right. So Dr. Uh, Westman said that he went to shadow Dr. Atkins at his clinic after several of his patients were talking about losing weight and getting healthy uh, on a, after reading a diet book. So he's like, I've got to go meet this doctor that wrote this book. So he goes to New York City and tours Dr. Atkins's clinic. And at the end of it, Eric looks at Dr. Atkins, Eric Westman looks at Dr. Atkins and says, I want to do a study on what you're doing here because you won't be taken seriously until we get some science behind what you're doing. Dr. Atkins, no lie, looked back at Eric and said, I don't need no study. It just works. And he was just that curmudgeon old man kind of thing. But he's, he was right. He, it did just work. But it's good that the studies did start to happen because then Eric has done 100 plus studies all on the ketogenic diet. And then Jeff Follett came around. This guy back here, Steve Finney, came around yeah. uh, and. They all just kind of contributed. And Dominique Diagostino now is one of the preeminent ones out there in the cancer world. You've got Tom Seafried and Eugene Fine. There's all kinds of people doing good work now, but 
it was because Eric Westman had the foresight to go to Dr. Atkins and say, give me a pile of cash and I'll do a study. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, um, I remember I first started, I picked up Dr. Atkins book back in 2009. That's when I first got into the whole keto world. And, um, and then after that, I just became so intrigued by it. And I decided to just buy more and more books and do more and more studying. And I've, helped a lot of patients. Um, you know, I've even helped a few people reverse, uh, type two diabetes with keto. So I really believe in it. So it's amazing. Dr. What Dr. Atkins does. And, um, he also, he was also did a lot of alternative medicine too. I was reading. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. His little known, his little known book, Dr. Atkins health revolution. You can probably probably get it for a couple of bucks on Amazon as a used book worth every penny. That was the first place where I learned about chelation therapy and EDTA for heavy metal removal, like a lot of just like alternative things that people are like, oh, we just discovered. I'm like, no, brah, early seven, <laughs> Dr. Ack, that too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's go to the next question. How many carbs, like now I have not read your keto clarity book yet, which I'm going to pick that up and read, but anyway, and I'm sure you probably mentioned some of that in there, but how many carbs like net carbs or total carbs, do you encourage people to be on when doing a keto diet and how, like, do you have a certain time limit, like for the first 30 days or for the first. It's a great question. And by the way, I'm on team total carb because I don't think you can be intellectually honest about how many carbs you're actually consuming if you're playing this net carb game. And I actually know where net carbs came from and it's not good. So those of you that believe in net carbs, listen, it came around because of the food companies. (gasps) Surprise, surprise. So uh, in the early 2000s, there was another low carb book uh, in the era of Atkins called Protein Power. So it was Drs. Michael and Mary Dan Eads. And so they put in their book, hey, we want to create a little more flexibility in the diet to add in some more carbs. We know that fiber, carbohydrates, and vegetables don't respond as quickly with the blood sugar. Uh, it rises a lot slower than refined carbohydrates. So why don't we let them subtract any fiber carbs from vegetables and then the total carbs minus the fiber carbs gives you the net effective carbs. They put that in their book. Well, guess what happened? It became a huge bestseller, but some of the food companies looked at that and went, oh, any fiber in any food we have, we'll just load it up with fiber, reduce it you know, away from the total carbs, put on the front packaging, net effective three grams carbs. And then you flip it on the back and you see 24 grams of total carbs. Well, how many grams of carbs did you have? You had 24 because while it's slower, while fiber does raise your blood sugar slower, still raises. And so, but then it went even beyond vegetables. It went to the grains or or the fiber that's in whole grains, the the fibers that are in things like uh, some of the sweeteners that are fiber-based. Oh my gosh, like all inulin was the big one that they would put in all these sweeteners loaded up with inulin you'd have the craps because inulin does fibery things but they would remove it and so people were being fooled and just be intellectually honest with yourself you don't know your carb tolerance unless you're counting total carbohydrates okay that's the jimmy rant to the side now (laughs) 
So to answer your question, in Keto Clarity, we actually tell people start at 20 grams total carbs. And it's not because I think 20 grams is where people need to stay. I think 20 grams for most people is going to induce a state of ketosis. How could it not? And so that's why we start at 20. But if you can wiggle room yourself up, if you got a little more metabolic flexibility, if you have more insulin sensitivity, you might be able to go to 50 to 100. Maybe as far as some athletes I talk to, they eat 150 to 200 grams of carbs and they're still in ketosis. I'm like, how the do you do that? (laughs) They work it off. Yeah. Um, And they're able to be fat burners, but then in their intense training and, and when they're doing their race day, especially uh, elite uh, runners, people like Zach Bitter, look up, look him up, Timothy Allen Olson. These are like world record holders in endurance athletics running. Um, and they're totally ketogenic until the race day. They load up on the carbs and they have all this jet fuel and then they sustain the rest of the race all on their store body fat and then exogenous sources of almond butter and MCT and things like that. But yeah, it's amazing to me. People want to peg that, well, you don't want any people to eat any carbs at all. I'm like, actually, some people can, some people can't. I tend to lean personally, Jessica, towards more of a carnivore keto approach. I just find that works really well for me. Lower carb, um, very low, yeah. What's that? I say that's pretty low carb. If it's carnivore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Say my carbs are even under 10 most days. That's amazing. 10. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I mean, I, I eat meat. There's That's nominal so, amounts of carbohydrates, yeah. eggs, nominal amounts. In, and I've got backyard chicken. So I have plenty of eggs and then nominal amounts in the, in the grass fed and pastured meats I get from my farmer's market. Sure. Um, sometimes I'll have an avocado and it's got 15 grams for a whole avocado. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't fret about food. This is something that just, I've been at this so long you the know. Moment you about food is when that stress is far worse for you than whatever food you're eating. Right. And, you know, in some apps, they measure net carbs, like for example, chronometer. So yeah. they say stay under 20 net carbs or 40 net carbs, which I imagine if you're using net carbs in that way, like 20 net carbs or less, or maybe 40 net carbs or less, you could probably, well, maybe not 40 net carbs, but 20 net carbs. Yeah. 40 is probably too little high, but. Yes. So in the scientific literature, uh, a group of the low carb researchers actually defined what the the various terms are. So what's ketogenic, what's low carb, what's, what's lower carb, what's moderate carb, what's high carb. And so ketogenic was defined as anything 50 grams or below, which I kind of hated that because people will always lean to the higher end. And maybe you're one of 50 total, 50 total carbs, 50 total. And so people will always, well, if I'm allowed up to 50, let's go right to the edge and try the 50. And they might be one of those people that needs to be significantly lower than 50 or, oh, I want to be low carb. So I eat up to a hundred grams. Well, people eat a hundred grams. I'm not losing weight. I'm not regulating my blood sugar. Yeah. Because your insulin resistance is kicking your ass right now and you need to be (laughs) lower, like seriously. And so I, I hate these prescriptiveness uh, of, well, what I start with, I think everybody should have a baseline, which is why I think the 20 grams total is going to, all right, if you're going to be in ketosis, that's going to get most of you there. Exactly. Everybody's different, but start off at the 20 and then maybe go for, I don't know, a few weeks or whatever. And then if you're still in ketosis, maybe you can add a little bit more, see if you can tolerate a little bit more. Well, 
right? It depends, yeah. goals. it depends on your goals. If you type two diabetics, stay at 20 or less for a long time. Long time. Uh, like several months. Uh, yeah. If you have abdominal obesity, yeah. stay at 20 or less for a little while. If you're just doing this for general health, maybe brain health. Yeah. Um, weeks add back in like you said incrementally add back in a little more carbohydrate all from real food all from vegetable base and just see how you do because if there's cognitively things that had improved and then suddenly you don't feel well adding in carbs you know that had a response be your own biohacker exactly and add one food at a time and give yourself a few yeah yeah to see yeah. how you respond and that yeah 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 that's that's kind of what i kind of have always taught people to and but yeah, I, I tend to stay within the, I, I do like a keto carb cycling. Like I'll do maybe 20 to 30 total carbs right. a few days a week. And then I'll add in more like a few days a week too. If I well, and especially for ovulating women, this is something that's not talked about nearly enough. You ladies, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you, you, you got stuff you can deal with, of us have to deal with in the male population. And so the week leading up to your period, is we have carbs because you're going to have cravings. You're going to have uh, dysregulation of all those sex hormones. You need to support your body with what it needs in that week. And it means a little bit of carbs, half a sweet potato, just bump it up just a little bit. And then the week of your period, if you want to kind of cut down on the menstruation pain and, and, and the flow and all the things that happen for you poor ladies, I think that week you could be as low carb as you want to be because you're going to thrive and or fast that week as well. And it's like, uh, you're primed. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say, that's, that's what I like to do. Like exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I wrote on one of my blog posts about the fluctuating hormones and before your period. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I know some things after doing this for a while. So yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy being a woman. <laughs> no. Not trade places. Uh, I, I will be happy to uh, shove that off onto you ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, what are your thoughts on ketogenic diet and treating cancer or even type 2 diabetes? Which I, I think you've already kind of answered some of that. You've kind of yeah. talked about diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is like what we have very strong evidence we got. Oh, open. yeah. Obesity, type 2 diabetes, PCOS, epilepsy, these are all things we have really solid scientific evidence that says there is efficacy in a ketogenic diet helping with. When it comes to cancer, I would call that uh, emerging science. It's not quite all the way there. There's a few studies that come out there. Eugene Fine, Tom Seafried, Dominique Diagostino, they're working actively on this. The problem is people hear ketogenic for cancer and they think ketogenic only for cancer. And it's more than that. I think ketogenic diets set the body up so you don't have to use as much chemo. And so you have a higher likelihood of maybe surviving if you're able to overcome your cancer. And so there is this thing called the Warburg effect. So Otto Warburg, uh, there's a new book out by this guy named Sam Apple called Ravenous. I just interviewed him on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show and fascinating history of Otto Warburg. The guy figured out that glucose is what feeds most cancer tumors, not all, but most of them. Um, and so glucose feeds these tumors. If you starve them of glucose vis-a-vis -vis fasting, 
or vis-a-vis a ketogenic approach, then the tumor should shrink and you help with the cancer. So talking about fasting, you because you're t- kind of starting to talk about fasting and, and treating um, cancer with fasting. What are your thoughts on like fruit fasting? Like I know fruit fasting isn't technical fasting per se, but it's-, it's Tell me still- what you mean, like fruit juicing? Yeah, like juicing or like watermelon horrible. fasting. Horrible. Can I say it one more time? <laughs> horrible idea. Because the whole point of fasting is to give your metabolism a break. And I realized- oh, Has anyone asked you this? Is it, was this a new question, by the way? <laughs> Good job. Because uh, I challenge her at the beginning, guys. Ask me something nobody's ever asked before. And she asked a really good okay. question or been asked before. But now you're going to get no holds barred exclusive of Jimmy Moore here today. <laughs> no, I think if you're going to fast, fast. And if you're going to have cleanses and things like that, then use cleanses and things like that. Right. Um, I mean, basically a fruit fast is just all sugar. So if you're trying to minimize sugar in the body by cutting out all food during a water and salt fast, then why would you exacerbate that process? Why would you impact your blood sugar, impact your insulin levels, impact all of these hormones, make your endocrine system just go haywire? And gee, I wonder why three hours later after having that that fruit juice uh, that you blended up in a blender, why you're so starving. So no, I'm not a fan of juicing. I'm not really a fan of of, uh, any kind of fasting that involves consuming things. I know bone broth fasting is also very popular. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Well, I'm fasting, I have a bulletproof coffee. I'm like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not. And so we need to to put fasting back in fasting again, because I feel like have added so much to it, Jessica, that we've lost what fasting is. And fasting by definition should be water, salt, done. Okay. I was just going to ask you, what is your, what, what is your idea of fasting? Is it like, and this only because I've gone through the trial and error and you read my stories and the complete guide to fasting when I had the bone broth and the kombucha and I was trying all these things because I needed them. No, you don't. You'll find that once you get into the groove of, okay, I nail down intermittent fasting. Okay, then I nail down OMAD, 24-hour fasting. Okay, then I try to 36, I kind of nailed that down. Then I got to 48, 72, one week, two week, three week. Not everybody's going to need to progress that far. You said the longest you've done is four days. You look relatively healthy and thin, so you probably don't need more than three or four days. So it's probably okay for you. I have adipose tissue on my body still. I have not just weight, but just, I like to kind of keep the cellular health up and you get a nice turnover with autophagy. And we can explain that here in a second of all your cells in your body within 72 hours. And sometimes after you get past the 72, you just feel so good. You keep going and you feel like you could go forever without eating again. And so I feel like people can work their way up without the crutches. If you focus on the agua, and some salt. I love Redmond's real salt. I got a big bucket of it on top of my refrigerator in there. And, and I, I'll just sit here and just all throughout the fast, I'll just Hmm. put it under my tongue. Don't even think twice about it. And, and you get all the electrolytes kind of balancing out. Um, yeah, really, really fast, fascinated by the fasting. (laughs) So what, what about coffee? Like nothing in it? 
it's just complete because that my thing is I wake up in the morning and like I like to have some coffee or else I get a headache <laughs> but I could well, try it without it there well Dr. Fung and I put in there uh, in our book you can have black coffee mm -hmm. um and maybe a splash of cream I kind of hate that he said splash because people go splash like, <laughs> yeah but like I yeah I and the headache thing that's withdrawal from the caffeine basically it would be interesting if you could somehow get off the coffee because we do know some people do have an insulin response to the caffeine in coffee and so if you're drinking coffee and you get an insulin response and you're eating no food you as a nurse know what ha know what happens there's hypos that come into play hypoglycemia and and if you don't eat food and kind of get the blood sugar back up you're going to feel like crap for a little while right right well and and my goal is to get to get into a complete water fast because i do know that that is the complete way to fast look I, I you could do a hybrid of course you know coffee is a diuretic so yeah. for every eight ounces of coffee that you drink you need to eat or you need to drink one and a half times the water just to make up the water you lost from drinking that coffee then you need to have your regular amount i drink on a good fasting day this size glass, probably about 16 to 20 ounces, uh, probably eight to 10 of these in a fasting day. Um, not too much and not guzzling, uh, just sipping on it. Because if you guzzle, you can dilute a lot of your electrolytes and that starts to make you feel. So as long as you keep the electrolytes vis-a-vis -vis the salt, people are like, what about potassium and magnesium? And, da, 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 da. and it's like salt will regulate those other things in your body. People forget that when salt goes up, uh, potassium will kind of even it out. It doesn't, you don't need to take potassium to get the potassium to its right level. Right. And I've kind of been a fan too of the, and I know it's not real fasting, but <laughs> the five, two fast, um, yeah, the, you know, where you uh, cut your calories. Like I do that too. That, yeah. That, the Michael, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. The Michael Moss, uh, <coughs> yeah. fasting protocol. I, I love it. I, and yeah. that, that's the beauty of fasting. Everybody has their spin on it. My friend, uh, Dr. Will Cole just recently released a book called Intuitive Fasting. I interviewed uh, him on the podcast. Yeah. And same thing. He's like, you know, teach your body about how to just listen to when you need to fast. And when you're not hungry, just, gee, I don't know, don't eat. Like, and, and have short periods of time and then grow, grow, grow until you kind of get into that groove of, all right, I'm not feeling it. I don't have to have breakfast, which, by the way, that's a man-made concoction. It literally means break fast breakfast breakfast and so exactly. eat breakfast, not as a morning thing but if you see it as a break fast thing break fast can happen any time of the day yeah so hunger on fasting i recently did an article on how to help hunger on fasting and so you could probably elaborate this on on this yeah. a little bit and i always what i always find is after two days it diminishes because once you're in that good ketosis so what what level of ketosis, like number wise, would you have to be in to, would you say to not for your hunger to go down? Like what level, like say if you're checking your blood ketones? It's a great question, but I, I'll even go back before you're in the fast itself. Here's my little tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. I, in the book, this is stuff I've learned since we wrote that book. Three days before you mm -hmm. go on a uh, extended fast is what I'm assuming you're referring to of three or more days. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Or more days of fasting. Three days before you start that fast, 
load up on fat, protein, mm -hmm. and from animal foods only. Yeah. No carbohydrates, just the animal foods. You could add in butter. You could add in pretty all, pretty much all meats, eggs. If you want to throw an avocado in there, fine. It's got healthy fats in it. But load up. And I would even say push to a little bit of overfeeding. Don't, don't gorge yourself on it and don't make yourself sick, but load up. What's that doing? It's giving your body sufficiency in all the essential amino acids and all the essential fatty acids. So when you start fasting, day one, if you're keto, fasting day one is easy. It's called OMAD. Like most people can easily OMAD when they keto well and they've keto for a while. Day two is the bitch. That was the one that's going to like kick your head but this strategy of three days leading up to the fast doing that loading up on the fat and protein from the mostly animal-based foods is going to help mitigate some of that pain so i would say by day three of that you should be feeling the effects and if you test your ketones see the effects go up you'll see uh day one let's just say your ketones are 0.8 on day one of your fast day two you'll see it go to maybe 1.2 1.3 Day three, it'll go to like 2.1. And then day four, 4.5. Like it just goes way high by day four. So this is why I tell people, don't just stop at day three. You're on the cusp of, you know, and you and you get all the. Blah, 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 oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it is an amazing feeling. I love, and you, I love it. Yeah. Again. And and so if on day two, even with that that feeding kind of window leading up to a fast, on day two, if you, this is where I'm a fan in this case of exogenous ketones or ketone esters. This is where they can be strategically used that if you feel hunger, it's not always hunger. It's just your brain going, hey, bruh, you hadn't eaten yet. We're used to eating by now, bruh. You need to eat something. So yeah. I think in that case, that's where the EKs and the, and the ketone esters could be useful you don't want to have too much of them because you do want the endogenous form uh, formation of the beta hydroxybutyrate to take place. But that could get you through the hump of thinking you're hungry. Now you will feel the space spacey is the word I use, not lightheaded. It's just this. Okay. Um, wow. Oh, it's like eyes wide open. So it's a wicked feeling if you've yeah. never fat for more than two, three days, it's a wicked feeling. And you, you just kind of like, floating in the air. I remember when we wrote this book, I did a podcasting tour and I was going on all these shows and I was doing a 21 day fast at the time. Yeah, I'm on day 12. And they're like, how? Because I was so, I'm energetic on camera, if you hadn't noticed. And so yeah. <laughs> I, I was energetic like that. And they're like, you don't look like you've missed anything. You're wow. Like they were just shocked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty amazing feeling. You get so much clarity and so much it's, it's so much insight. I, I love I, I love that mental feeling, but you're right, you have to get through those initial time periods or else yeah. it's like, you know, that hunger, those hunger pains. And so yeah, I so so you you say endogenous ketones will help with hunger. And so that's one thing you can take, you would recommend. Exogenous ketones. Endogenous will too, but they're not quite to the level where they will help. Right. Just yet. Okay. Exogenous, that's what I meant to say. Exogenous ketones. So I usually. Well, I didn't want to confuse people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I'm glad you clarified that. So usually you recommend on fasting, maybe exogenous ketones and then maybe a little bit of coffee and salt and water but well, try to go without 
Well, I personally don't drink coffee, so mm. uh, not from a personal standpoint. <clears throat> I think if you can give up the coffee, great. Yeah. But salt and water are going to be your goal because people are like, can you drive fast and not drink water? I'm like, if you like pain and if you like yeah. dehydrating yourself and you like being in a hospital for doing it too long, pushing yourself. Like I know people are big fans of dry fasting. We warned against it in our book. We, we did not say anything good about dry fasting in the complete guide. I remember fasting. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we both feel like this is your lifeblood. If you're not having the, then uh, you're not going to do well in your fast. And same with the salt. You like the sound effects. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I know what I was going to ask you. What about? You know, and I got this idea initially from Dr. Mercola when reading his stuff about saunas when fasting. Do you recommend, what is your take on using a sauna during fasting for detox? Because, so, yeah. So having used a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, not in a fasted state, just wearing one while eating keto, doing some experiments and in a fasted state, I can tell you going in a sauna is going to drop your blood sugar by as much as 15 to 20 points. It happens every single time. And it's not just transient. I mean, it's a little bit transient because when you get out and your body temperature comes back down again, uh, it does tend to come back up slightly, but it does lower blood sugar. So my concern about Dr. Mercola's suggestion, which I have mad respect for the man, I think he's done really good things, is how deep into the fast are you going in the sauna? Because I've been, I recently did about three months ago an 18 day fast. And deep into the fast, my blood sugar went sub 50. And by the end, it was sub 40. It was in the 30s. So if I go in a sauna yeah. with my temperature already in the 30s, no, I'm not putting myself in that position. So, so I, I would be cautious would be my word. Now, in the first two, three days of a long fast, sure. I see. Sure. Because okay. what do is it will lower your blood sugar and then there will be this inverted effect of a rise in your blood ketones. So I think that could be a nice way to mitigate some of the hunger by lowering blood sugar, raising ketones uh, preemptively before that day four kick-in we were just talking about. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I like to use a sauna for, you know, just for detox in general. And I, yeah, I went over other building. I love my sauna. Okay. I've got therapy from juve i got my toys here <laughs> well i'm glad you said that because i never thought about that after day four and of course personally i have not made it past four days like i mentioned with fasting my so mission today my mission is to get jessica to go a week i want i want to I want help you i want to answer your questions about how you can get there so keep that going. would be that that would be so great i would get so much done i'm so productive when i fast <laughs> My husband would be like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like on long fast, just one more question about, and we'll talk about fasting and then we can wrap it up. But uh, what helps you be compliant on fasting? Like what, what is the one thing that you do that can help your compliance? Especially with this 18 day fast that you just did. Right. <laughs> Kidding. Um, actually, some people, they do pray and or meditate in the midst of it because, you know, like, look, 
fasting is used in every religion, by every religious leader, by every kind of like ceremony of putting yourself in, a, in another state. And of course, in the religious context, it's always to be closer to God and to all, all those things. But they knew that when you got in a fasted state, it, it transformed your body. And so I think in the midst of that, just remind yourself why you're doing this. So if you're doing it for the autophagy, where you're turning over the cells and cleaning up all those proteins that are just, you know, laying around in your body. If you know that's your goal, then that's going to get you to 72 hours because that's when the full autophagy takes place. If it's, I want to lose some weight. Okay. Then, you know, you need to probably stay on this for a period of time. You're going to lose a certain modicum of weight. When you start eating again, you'll gain back some, but not all of the weight. And it's that cumulative weight loss that, so keep that in mind. If your goal is to come off of type two diabetes medications, well, okay, same thing. You can have to monitor your blood sugar and da da da. So remind yourself of your goal of why you're doing this. Don't willy nilly just fast because, well, I heard fasting's good for you. I guess I'll do it. Not have a why. You need to come up with some reason. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned meditating, and that that seems to help me a lot. Meditation, yes. or, uh, yeah. Namaste. Pray, pray. Yeah. I pray too. So, you know, yes. Yeah, to God and, yeah. to make it the day. <laughs> That's, That's right. You're putting up with me very well today, Jessica. I'm That's okay. Of- That's okay. You're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, I come up with jokes every now and then, even though my jokes may not be as good. <laughs> uh, life is short to be grumpy. And so I stay happy and positive. Yeah, that's awesome. And keto helps. Keto and fasting helps. People are like, wow, I remember you in high school and you were no. I was like, I know I was no. Uh, but yeah. they're like, you're cool. you're cool now. Where was that guy? I'm like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have discovered it a long time ago too, because it, it really helps my moods. And yes. Um, yeah. Still have my moments, uh, like all of us do, but exactly. most of them. Right. Exactly. And we'll talk more um, when we talk again about, you know, my whole perception on keto and chakras and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. so but yeah. I wanna, so Jessica, uh, let's get you past four days. Let's help you. Like what, what questions yeah. do you have I think hold you up? You know, after day three, I, I don't feel as hungry. Yes. I think it's more of a psychological thing. Yes, that's where I was going to go with this. I said, I bet it's, oh my God, I haven't eaten in three days. I should be eating. Am I leaching my muscle? Oh no. Am I nutrient deficient? Oh no. That, like all those things swirl? Yeah, exactly. The book that we address all of that. I know, I know, I know. And I've, and I've read, I love this book. See, I have it and well, I showed it earlier, but um, I've read that book a couple times and I've even referenced some of what you guys have done in my writing. And I, it's just, um, and, and I know, and I know what to do, but I just have to psychologically get over yeah. that. that and well, you know what, so let, let's just be clear about this. And one of the big tips that we say is if you go on a fast, don't tell anybody because they'll think you're starving yourself and they will convince you to stop it. So I know you have a husband, do you have kids? I do. I have, I have actually have three kids. Are they of age that they could mama? Why aren't you? 
They are. They're, um, my daughter is 12. And then I yeah. started over and I got uh, six and seven year old boys. Okay. So, all right. So you have three kids all aware enough, the 12 year old, especially to go, ma, what's going on? Oh, you need to be eating. What's, why did you eat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that probably plays a little bit of role. Big time, big time. If you sit down at the table together and have dinner, you make a bowl of water with salt in it and you eat it like soup. Mm. So it looks like you're participating in the meal while they're having their food. Oh, mama's having soup tonight. And they don't have to know it's clear and that it's water, salt water, but you're just doing the communion part of the family dinner together. So that's an idea that kind of takes that pressure off. And then in your own mind, just remind yourself what your goal is of trying to go. Is it seven you wanted to go? Seven days. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what is your purpose in going seven days? More for body cleansing, like okay. eradicate so, any kind of cancer also, cells or, yeah. Also some, some of the just cleansing out, because let me tell people, <laughs> if you've asked, you're going to have... And excuse me, you're gonna have lots of shit come out for days, weeks, weeks. When I did my 18 day fast, I actually had uh, an infection on my leg. Uh, and I forget the fancy medical term you would know if I said it and it's, I've, I've lost it in my head for now, but it was where this, this infection started developing. Cellulitis. What like is it? Like a cellulitis. Uh, that's not the term, but we'll go with that. It looks like kind of this big purple bruise but it's just this infection. Anyway, I, I was given medication. I'm like, no, I don't know. I said, let me try fasting. So I went on that fast and in the midst of the fast, I was having all kinds of weird diarrhea and people might think, oh my gosh, diarrhea, that's unhealthy. And in my case, I think it was getting rid of some of that, that infection because it cleared up in the midst of my fast. Um, and, and so you might have some of that, if you've got things in the body that need to be cleaned up, you might experience this really weird, um, diarrhea, e even just, you, you wouldn't think there would be anything left after a few days. Oh yeah. 18 days. I was still pooping stuff out. Now it was less and less, but that's why you need to drink water. It's why you need to add the salt in because you're replenishing these things that you're dumping out of your body. Good things you're dumping out but you do, you do need them out of your body. That's why you're fasting. So it sounds like that's your goal. Detox some of that stuff and seven yeah. days will be really good for that. So remind yourself of that goal. Like, okay, three days, I'm getting the autophagy. Great. Let's go four more days. And, and that last four days, you're like, I don't need to eat. I'm good. You literally, I can't describe the feeling until you get there. You yeah. literally feel like you'll never have to eat ever again. And now, the old rail you is if you have a stressful moment let's say the kids are ornery which they're never they're always sweet right so uh, if the kids happen to be ornery someday and they get on your nerves or maybe your husband had a bad day at work and he brings on that energy to you you feel that that might cause some hunger to come on and and i remember i was wearing a cgm during one of my fasts and it was day 10 and i got a very distressing call uh on the phone and in the midst of it, I was testing my blood sugar while I was listening to this. Like, I don't feel good. Something's going on. And my blood sugar was going up, 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 up. It went up 50 points and then crashed. Wow. And then I felt that. Oh, my, I, I didn't think stress would have that profound. I knew it had a little effect, 
it had an amazingly profound. And the fact I had not eaten any food and it was going up that high, it, it couldn't be anything but the stress. So try to chill out. I love that you said you do a lot of the meditation and prayer. I would just, I, I do this thing called four, seven, eight breathing. Have you heard of this? Or you breathe in for four seconds. You hold it for seven seconds and then you breathe out for eight seconds. Three or four of those and your body gets in such a Zen state that whatever stressful thing you're dealing with, even if it's just hunger pains, it will relax all of that in your body. So these are the little strategies that get me through at least to get to day four and then day four on it's pretty much gravy until I decide to stop the fast. Yeah, that's like force like slowing your exhalations down, inhaling, and then just you slow your ex. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm familiar with that. I, I, I try to do that now, but that, I like how you put that. That's, that's interesting. So I'll try, I'll, I'll try that. <laughs> See if I can. And look, you, you have access to me now. In, if you're in the midst of it and something comes up, Jimmy, what do I do with this? I'm happy to help. And, and literally that's why I, and, and happy to, happy to offer any help. I want to get you to seven days. Yeah. I want to get to seven days too. Cause I, I want to feel that feeling after day four that every, you know, what, which I've read about and, and um, yeah, I've never done just water fast and salt. I always use broth or so I, I'm really intrigued on. And that's one of the downfalls is bone broth has 15 grams of protein in it, basically yeah. not and no fat. So here you are turning off all of the great effects with autophagy, some of the growth hormone effects, like you're losing all the benefits all at the holy altar of, oh, well, bone broth's healthy. And it is, don't get me wrong, but not in the context of a fast. I will repeat, I will repeat, I will repeat. If you're going to fast, fast, if you're going to feast, feast, but don't do both. Right, right. Okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this seven day fast and, uh, <laughs> Girl, I'm cheering you on. <laughs> I don't know when I got to I got to figure out like a good time to do it. It can't be around my cycle. Like, well, ex exactly. So like I talked about the week up to your period, probably the week of your period, you may still want to just eat really well. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe once the period ends, that is a great time to fast as well. As long as you don't go so long that it goes into the week before your next uh, cycle starts. Right. Right. I think that's what I'll do with the next cycle. So yeah. And let, let me know. To, let I'll, me know. So I there for you. Yeah, I will. And I'll try not to have coffee. I'll, I'll try. Get off the coffee before you start the fast. Don't let the fast be the time you get off the coffee because that will be murderous. Right. I would say the first time that you're trying to go seven days, keep having your coffee. Is it just black coffee? Well, I like to put stevia in it. Okay. <laughs> Stevia is, yeah. we are not fans of it in the book because- I know, I know. Well, so hunger is the theme. And it's not that we hate you and we don't want you to have enjoyment, but look at it this way. People are like, do you exercise when you're fasting? I'm like, look, you have to look at fasting in that period of time that you're fasting as if you're healing in a hospital because you're literally healing your body from some damage that's been done. And so if you had a broken leg, would you go down to the gym and try to do leg day? No, you wow. would let your heal, right? So right. you're gonna take time off of all these things that are the norms. It's a very short period of time. I don't even take my supplements in the midst of a fast for the same reason. It's like, my supplement is the fast. Exactly, that's your nutrients. That's your, your vitamins.
So yeah, that the water and the salt. That's right. That's right. Well, I am looking forward to it. I will do my best. Oh no, you gonna do it, girl. You're gonna yeah, do it. You, no. Well, you, see now, now that I've met you and I've talked about it, I I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> I got that, I have positive, to do it. That, that positive mindset yeah. of damn it, I'm gonna do this. Exactly. It's gonna get I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'll probably do this uh, next month, August. Go. Okay, so I'll let you know. And and I'll uh, so I shouldn't have any coffee, right? No, no coffee at all. That's up to you. I think the first time you do it, have the coffee just so you can see. Oh okay. crap! Right, this is like this is giving me. So have the coffee with a little bit of stevia. Uh, if that's all you do, no cream or anything, just black coffee and stevia. Okay. Yeah. I just don't want to ruin the autophagy part. I, I want well, to make Oh, I don't think that would ruin the autophagy. It's the nutrients, from the bone broth that would have done that. There's no nutrient. It's basically calorie free, carb free, everything free in coffee. And the stevia has such nominal carbs. It's not even funny. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to do this. Pull above the volume, pull above the volume. <laughs> I know you exactly. can call me every day on your fast and I'll, I'll like give you a pep talk. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to have to do that. Um, Jimmy, yeah. I'm a little hungry. I'm a little cranky right now. My husband wants to move out. I'll, I'll be like, okay, do you want tough love, Jimmy, or positivity, Jimmy? Because I'll give you both. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a great talk and um so i guess we'll i'll be seeing you soon next week yes you're gonna be on my show i know well i'm nervous the show will never be the same holla holla <laughs> awesome i'm out sweetie thank you so All right. much take care bye. thank you bye. bye this has been the holistic keto goddess podcast with jessica ankaya follow the holistic keto goddess on social media like pinterest twitter and facebook if you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Eating healthy. Living healthy. Being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast, a podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance, teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya.